the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is Simply for Women, a place for that mom who knows the chaos of life, the daughter who faces the challenges of the day, and for those women who want to deepen their faith. God invites us to take Him off our to-do list and to simply be, to simply be with Him. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Now here's your host, Jennifer Jackson. Well, we're talking about loving your city. That's really a mandate from the Lord. Love your neighbor, love your city. Jesus wants us to do that. I just came back from Nairobi, Kenya, and I love, I just love Kenya. I love Chavakali where we were as well. And I've also had a great love for Jerusalem when I lived in Jerusalem. I have a huge love for Columbus. I love Columbus, Ohio. What city do you live in? And do you have a love for the people, you know, really people are in the cities and God wants us to love people. So he, he challenges us to go to, go to Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we want to love our city. And as we get grasp God's heart for your city, for the people in your city that you're praying for your city, you know, praying for the, the doctors and the nurses and the teachers and the police force and all the aspects, the leaders, the government leaders in your city, these are important things. The churches in your city, the pastors in your city, the, the schools, so many areas that we want to be praying for our city. But we have to get a heart. We have to have a heart for our city. I think about Abraham and how he prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. He really cared. He didn't want to see that city destroyed. And, you know, for me, one of the cities I fell in love with was Jerusalem. We lived there 10 days after Doyle, my husband, he's a pastor, and I, we got we got married, and we moved to Jerusalem, Israel. And I immediately went from this small-town girl, I had grown up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this small town, to one of the most well-known places in the entire world. And I was in love, and I was also fell in love with the city at the exact t- same time, and Doyle he had lived in Jerusalem before when he was in college and now we were back to work for him to work on a postgraduate degree and every day we would go through on um, walks through the city and he would teach me about the history and we would open our Bible and just see it come to life. That's that's the exciting thing. Everyone should go to Israel. You should all do a, an Israel tour at some point in your Christian walk. It's such a great pr- pilgrimage and I think about you know, the message of James came to life for me when I was in Jerusalem. This was, you know, the message of Jesus's brother, James. And in chapter one, it says, be sure to live out the message and do not merely listen to it. And so deceive yourselves for if someone merely listens to the message and doesn't live it out. He is like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror for he gazes at himself and then goes out and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. That's the Bible. You know, when we look into the mirror of the word of God, that is helpful. And James wanted us to see 
that our lives are meant to be a message, a message in the city or the community that we live in. And that we, when we look into God's word, it's like a mirror helping us to make adjustments so that we can live out the love of Jesus in our midst and in the midst of the city. And the Bible is meant to remind us of how to live. So let's start by just saying a quick prayer dear God. We want to fall in love with the city that you've placed us in and the, with the people that are around us. Give us eyes to see them. Give us your heart for our cities. In Jesus' name, amen. So back to the city of Jerusalem. It was that first year of marriage, and Jerusalem was so wonderful. We had this tiny apartment, and it was actually an Armenian family's old tool shed. <laughs> so it was a tool shed converted into a 300-square-foot faith uh, space for Christian pilgrims who knew that, you know, micro living would be like this big deal down the road. <laughs> but we were excited because we had this little teeny tiny place inside the old city and we were not very far from the Western Wall. Maybe you've heard it, the Wailing Wall. And people from all around the world and, and especially the Jewish people, they come. It's really the foundation of the temple, the part that wasn't destroyed. And they put all these little prayers into the Wailing Wall. And it's just such a very it's a wonderful place to be, but we would go to for coffee or tea in the morning and watch people coming for morning prayer. And since we didn't have any money, we just liked to watch the people and to pray for them. And it was, it was a very special time. And so every time we would go up, we would take some money and drop it in the cans for the street people. There were um, thousands of Jewish refugees. There were immigrants from the Soviet, former Soviet Union, and they had lost everything when they left for Israel. And one day there was this man who played the violin on Ben Yehuda street. And again and again, I would give him as much money as I could give him. (laughs) And some, sometimes we would take our ice cream money and I would give it away to this guy. And Doyle was like, that was our ice cream money. What are you doing? Um, Because I just, I don't know. He was so special and he would play the violin. He would sing opera And every time I would give to him, my heart would just go out to him more and more into the people there. And then one day I was reading in the Gospels, and it's where Jesus says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's when I began to see that my heart was changing. My heart was really for these people and for Jerusalem. And my passion was growing for them, even with the tiniest investment of, you know, 50 shekels or 100 shekels and The love for the city was growing inside of me. And to this day, (laughs) I love Jerusalem. And so, you know, when you want to change your heart's um, direction, get out your purse and start investing. Invest in your city. You know, we won't love Columbus anymore until we invest in the people here and invest in ministry here. That's when your heart changes. And so anyway, one thing that happened that was really interesting in Jerusalem that day is I picked up the Jerusalem Post and I ran and found Doyle and I was like, look, look who's on the cover of the Jerusalem Post. And it was my violin player. It was the guy that I just loved listening to and giving shekels to. And since language was a barrier, I didn't know anything about him. And then I was able to read in the paper that he was a former opera star in Russia And that he was caring for his elderly blind mother. And it shared the entire story of their struggle and how they made it to Israel and how they made it to freedom there. And I just, I I thought, wow, the small, tiny little investment 
that we made in this man's life and in his journey. And I just cried because I saw that God's hand was guiding us. And I think of him every time I'm back in Jerusalem and I'm walking along Ben Yehuda Street and, you know, we're holding hands and enjoying the time. And I think, you know, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will follow. So let's just ask God to begin to show us where to invest our treasure and that we would have the heart that God has for our city. You know, in the Middle East, they say to make a friend before you need one. (laughs) And so the reason is because they live in such a harsh environment and it's so rough in their city that they just never know when they might need help. So they say, make a friend before you need one. And everyone has this open attitude because friendship, it it really comes in handy in in your future. If you've ever watched the movie Lawrence of Arabia, you'll know what I mean. But just around the corner from our little tiny 300 square foot uh, apartment, we met this wonderful couple named Carolyn and George. And he was one of the many Armenian Christians that uh, had made it to Israel. And she was a Romanian and she had escaped communism with the help of the church and they lived in the old city of Jerusalem and they had a little shop near Zion gate and we would go there for the best hummus and falafel. And she even taught me how to make hummus and the best homemade bread. It was so wonderful. And we would sit and eat with them and they would tell us stories and I would even babysit their children. And it just reminded me uh, of Genesis 18 and Abraham invites three visitors into his tent. And in Genesis 18, he said, my Lord, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass by and leave your servant. Let a little water be brought so that you all may wash your feet and rest under the tree. And let me get you a bit of food so that you may refresh yourself since you pass by your servant's home. And after that, may you be on your way. All right, they replied. You may do as you say. Well, later, these men tell Abraham that they were on their way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he then has the boldness to ask these new friends to spare the city. See, Abraham was living out this principle of making a friend before he needed one. And he used that relationship to intercede for the people. I think that's so interesting because Abraham, he really cared about Sodom and Gomorrah. He really cared about them probably because Lot was there, you know? And we have to think about that. Do you care about the spiritual condition of your city of your neighborhood because your family's there you you have family in this city and that's one reason why we want to begin to pray for our city and, and have boldness you know abraham had such boldness when praying for sodom and gomorrah so anyway i just want to challenge you with that to begin to ask god ask him for friends for new friends in your city ask him for a heart for your city and begin to love your neighbors. You know, when we moved to Columbus, it was August, and it was hot, (laughs) and we moved into this nice cul-de-sac not far from our church, and it was just what we wanted, and it was one of the nicest houses we had ever had. Our boys were little, and the neighborhood was covered in children. There were play sets everywhere, and every evening we would congregate at the end of the street while the little, little kids were in their push cars and bikes and training wheels, skateboards, and all of that, and one one day, and I still remember this, our youngest son said, take the training wheels off. I just want to be like the big kids. And I didn't want him growing up. <laughs> but anyway, we took the tra- training wheels off, and he just literally got on that bike and raced off. We were so excited about living here. 
We were so excited to be in Columbus. We were new to Columbus. And I wanted to get to know as many people in my community as possible. In our neighborhood, the women, we even started a babysitting co-op. And we would trade babysitting so that we could go out on date nights or go to the grocery store or dentist. And to this day, I am still friends with some of those ladies. And as we were trying to get to know everyone, Doyle, my husband, made a map, a hand-drawn map of our neighborhood. And he wrote down the neighbors and he wrote down the names of their kids. And we would spend the evenings As we would walk the streets, we would pray for them. We would pray for them by name. And we would say, God, fill their hearts and their homes with your love. And we would just pray over over the neighborhood and over the homes. And I just want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to love your neighborhood. Love the people in your apartment. Love the people on your street as if you just met them. As if you were excited again that you had moved in. And just begin to even write their names down and pray you will see God move. You will see God change your heart and change the heart of the people around you. You know, my mom recently invited three neighbors to our church and all three of them are coming and they're so excited. Anyway, I challenge you to love your city. I'm Jennifer Jackson and you are listening to Simply for Women. It's been a great day, a good time to be together and challenge ourselves to love our city well. Go to jenniferjackson.com to learn more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.